is the Emergency Medical Minute. All right, welcome to your Sunday night edition of the Medical Minute. Okay, had a patient recently that was fascinating, as all of our patients are. She was a 67-year-old lady who had been admitted to the hospital for a couple of days for rapid atrial fibrillation, had rate control, was discharged, and then within 24 hours was back in the emergency department complaining of weakness and dizziness. And she was noted by the paramedics to be both bradycardic uh, in the 50s and 40s and also kind of intermittently hypotensive with her blood pressure down in the 80s. Uh, and uh, I just kind of made up those details because I can't really remember the details, so this is HIPAA compliant. So her medication list included metoprolol, metformin, synthroid, diltiazem, neurontin. Any of those, we'll just say, sure, she could have sepsis, she could have a bunch of other things, but we're just going to focus on her meds. Any of those meds that would make you worry in terms of causing her hypotension? The diltiazem, the metoprolol, sure. I mean, theoretically, if she took... You know, she she could be profoundly hypothyroid going into hypothyroid coma, but that's unlikely causing hypotension. She could have, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, so probably we're really worried about metoprolol and diltiazem. So in her case, she had had a medication change while she was in the hospital. She was previously on 60 milligrams of diltiazem, either QD or BID, I can't remember, and they had changed her to extended-release diltiazem, 240, so kind of a big jump in her medications. And then additionally, uh, she went home and continued to take her 60s. So she was taking the 240, which was a big change, and then she was taking her 60s, and she basically had um, calcium channel blocker toxicity. So big topic. We don't have time to cover it in detail, but I'll just talk about it a little bit. And uh, kudos to one of the references I used is a website called Life in the Fast Lane that has a lot of just cool ED topics. So if you want to check that out, there's more info. Um, So you might remember that the cardiac myocytes are heavily dependent on calcium during their um, kind of depolarization. There's a big influx of calcium and calcium channel blockers uh, block the channels that help that to happen. That's how they slow your heart rate. That's how they're going to affect your blood pressure and control your atrial fibrillation. So the effects when you have an overdose include that you have a negative inotropy. So you're going to have depression of the squeeze. You're going to have negative chronotropy. So you're going to have sinus bradycardia. It's going to slow down the rate. And then you're going to have negative dromotropy, which means you're going to get AV nodal blockades. So you're going to get heart blocks. And then anybody know, besides just affecting the heart, what other parts of your body will be affected by calcium channel blocker overdose? So smooth muscle, in particular, in the vasculature. So not only are you depressing the heart, but you're causing vasodilatation in the arterial bed. So you get both kind of cardiac depression, and then you get hypotension in the, in the arterial bed. And then one more that's really kind of interesting. So the beta cells in the pancreas uh, rely on calcium channels to release the insulin. So the patients can get hypoinsulinemic, and then they get profoundly hyperglycemic. And uh, we'll kind of skip ahead to a bunch of the other manifestations and just go straight to treatment because the treatment's really interesting. So for this bradycardic hypotensive patient that you're wondering, maybe calcium channel blocker blockade, maybe some other cause of hypotension and bradycardia, what are your treatments you're going to reach for? Go. So you could try op- atropine, right? The bradycardic. Doesn't really work that well. What else could you try? Fluid bolus. I know that's what you were going to say. So you give them fluid boluses. That helps. How about if our fluid boluses don't work? 
Calcium, yes, excellent. So calcium chloride, if we have a central line, we can give boluses of calcium chloride. Otherwise, we can give uh, boluses of calcium gluconate. Uh, anything else? All right, we're, we've done all these things. We're still hypotension, hypotensive. What are you going to reach for? Discharge paperwork. Discharge paperwork, yes. <laughs> Pressors, right? Oh, come on, we know this, right? So, so uh, you can try any number of pressors, but generally you're going to do norepinephrine. And if that doesn't work, then we get to pull out the Ferrari of toxicology treatments for calcium channel blockage. Well, yeah, that is kind of the, that's maybe like the McLaurin of uh, toxicology treatments. The Ferrari would be, yeah, high dose insulin. So there are protocols. Most most of these toxicologic treatments are not based on huge randomized controlled trials. They're usually based on like, oh, we saw 10 patients in Australia that had this, and then we saw like five patients in Kentucky that had it. So it's really small data, but there are protocols for using high, high-dose insulin therapy. So what what's our general dosing? You guys have all sent people to the unit in DKA. What's kind of our general dosing range when we're doing that? Yeah, 8 units per hour, 10 units per hour. It's based on their weight, and it's usually 0.1 uh, units per kilogram per hour. So the dosing for insulin therapy and calcium channel blocker overdose is 1 to 5 units per kilogram per hour. So you're going to start at like 70 units an hour, going all the way up to hundreds of units an hour. Now, can you see us running into any kinds of problems with that? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so you generally have to be running some dextrose at the same time that you do this. Yeah, maple syrup infusion through the IV, and then for the initial hour or two, your um, your glucose checks are going to have to be very frequent. Like every 20 minutes, you're going to need to check them. So this patient, in the end, responded uh, to norepinephrine infusion, and it was really it was like sad face for the toxicologist because they were excited to do the high dose insulin therapy. But uh, just know, uh, you know, keep this on your list of differential. It's not just sepsis in our hypotensive patients. There are other exciting things out there. And uh, if your pressors and your calcium and your fluid boluses aren't working, then our pharmacists can help us institute uh, high-dose insulin therapy. So that's it. All right. Thanks. Emergency Medical Minute is and always will be about free medical education. Medicine's most prolific podcast is successful because of our supporters, donors, and of course, our listeners. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And if you support spreading free medical education, please donate at our website, emergencymedicalminute.com. As always, keep listening.